Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the How to Take a Break podcast. I am your host, P.M. Kester. And for today's episode, we are talking about taking a break as a professor. And our guest today is Constance R. Bailey, who is an assistant professor in the J. William Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Arkansas. Constance, thank you so much for being on the program today. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we are going to jump right into it. And I gave a little short bio because the first question is, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about your background. What is this background you've been on in education? A little bit more about you. All right. Well, as you know, I attended Alcorn State University. Go Braves. Shout out to HBCU. Then I went on to the University of Missouri for my master's and my PhD. And I finished um, my PhD in English with an emphasis in African diaspora studies in 2015. Um, And during that time, I was a graduate assistant in the academic retention services office. And that, um, that office was charged with Um, programming initiatives and overseeing scholarships for students of color. So, you know, working with that population has always been um, very near and dear to my heart. Before I finished my PhD, I had accepted a position as an instructor at the University of Southern Mississippi. Um, They have a Gulf Park campus, which is in Long Beach, Mississippi. Lovely campus, Uh, beautiful, you know, just scenic, wonderful colleagues. Mm -hmm. And I was there for about four years. I was a composition instructor, but also taught African-American literature. Um, And then I assumed that my current position at the University of Arkansas in August of 2016. So joint faculty in English and the African and African-American studies program. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And so that just segues way into our next question. I know when we were trying to figure out the details of getting this interview recorded, you were coming towards the end of the semester. So grading projects. You are also like me. You are a mother. You're a mother of three. I'm a mother of two. So with that being said, what are some of the biggest problems that you see with self-care and those in the field of education, higher education more specifically? Yeah, um, I just think that in general for educators, it's very, very hard to, you know, put ourselves first. The tendency, I think, is to want to put our students first, our colleagues first, our departments, our universities. If we're a parent, then, of course, we we feel like we have to put our children first. And, you know, self-care really, really requires for, for people who are used to putting other people first, like a dramatic, you know, reprioritizing. You have to, um, you know, you really have to prioritize your 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 health and your well-being. And so it's just a, a shifting. It's really hard, I think, also for academics to compartmentalize. So even when I'm enjoying having downtime on social media, I'll look and I'll say, oh my gosh, this looks like a really great topic for an article, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, it's supposed to be like mindless entertainment and enjoyment. And then you kind of get sucked in sometimes inadvertently into your research. So I think that that's the other challenge. I like that. I really enjoy that. I do think that people in general have an issue with reprioritizing themselves, as you said, um, especially there's been several articles that have come out as we just celebrated Mother's Day is about women, mothers in particular, putting themselves first, prioritizing themselves. So I think that it's very pivotal that you mentioned that as a challenge, as a problem, like 
how do we step into this prioritizing ourselves and putting ourselves first when, you know, we are taught to put other things first, especially in your field. And with that being said, how has the pandemic, I don't know if y'all noticed, we're in a little bit of a pandemic. (laughs) How has the pandemic made not only your work harder, but possibly your ability to take a break harder? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, kind of as I alluded to earlier, right? You know, it's hard already for those of us who are parents and working in higher ed sometimes to, you know, put ourselves first. And so now, even if you, even if you're inclined, right, to put yourself first, the distinction between, um, like, this idea of a work-life balance is is almost non-existent because for many of us who are working remotely, you know, slash working from home our workspace is our home space. So even when we want to unwind, you get kind of, you know, sucked into parenting concerns or, you know, again, you can't really divorce yourself entirely from parenting or conversely, it's harder to step into that academic identity because it's like, there are dirty dishes pile. And actually also you probably can see like a bunch of junk piled in the background. So, I mean, I get like a, a really funny uh, incident from a couple of weeks ago was I was trying to, this was when classes were still in session and I was trying to have a Zoom lecture or, or Blackboard Collaborate, I think is the platform my university uses. And my daughter was like, can you please, my 11 year old was like, can you please keep it down? And I was thinking, you know, <laughs> you know are you serious right now? You know, and I mean, so I wasn't trying to take a break in that moment, but just the idea that there's this heightened level of stress because so many people are trying to do, you know, depending on like your household size, um, there might be very many people trying to use the same resources. And, you know, it's just like frustration accumulates quite easily during this this pandemic. And there, there are very little outlets sometimes. So, No, I definitely understand that. Um, my boss actually had to talk to me about going to take a break <laughs> because she was starting to sense some things from um, our calls. I'm a government scientists. And I'm on um, a special assignment right now that's kind of putting me kind of in the middle of COVID for my organization. So there's been early mornings and very late evenings. And she knows that I'm a single mother. And I guess she could tell from some of our phone calls that (laughs) there was a heightened sense of stress. She knew there was two other uh, two kids in the house with me now. And she just stopped and she said, when was the last time you just kind of went outside, you know, I know that there's a pandemic, but you know, she said, what are you doing for you? Like, have you taken a little time just to go sit on your patio or have you taken a walk? And um, it sounds so simple, (laughs) but it is like, I had to really start planning in my day. Like I, I took that conversation. I was like, all right, so how can I start right now? How can I give myself some time in the morning? So I can have a little time for myself before I have to wake up the 12 year old, before the college kid wakes up, before all these meetings starts. Um, So I started doing that just to do like some yoga or um, to go out early in the morning when no one else was up and walk around my block with my mask on. Right. (laughs) Get outside, of course, and then start to try to do that in the evening because, you know, 
other than that, these are highly stressful times. I'm, you know, I think everyone in this household has had a, had a breakdown at some point. <laughs> For sure. I mean, the 12 year old has had some incidents. She had to send me a long text talking about her stresses, the college kids <laughs> issues. So no, you really do. these are, like you said, these are just heightened times. It's heightened stressful mm-hmm. times. Which, <laughs> and it so, is. Preaching to the choir, girl. Preaching to the choir. So just, yeah recognizing it and trying to find time even during the pandemic to take a break is Mm -hmm. essential. For sure. Why is it then so important, like you said, with these stressors? Why is it so important, especially for professors like yourself, to carve out time for themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you know, for all people just in general, you you really want an identity outside of your work and an identity outside of, you know, your children. And that gets to be difficult sometimes. You know, I can definitely remember, um, you know, when my 14 year old was a child, you know, not knowing other parents' names and they not knowing my names. It's like, oh, that's Cameron's mom. You know, like, well, wait, you know, I want to like, wait, don't I don't I want to have my own independent identity? So, I mean, that's a part of it. But I mean, the other thing is that, you know, academics and professors are human and academic burnout, writer's block, stress, anxiety, depression, all of those are, you know, we're subject to all of those at the same rate that that everyone else is. And so, um, and I didn't actually even know this until yesterday. Like I, I'm a big fan of alliteration. So I was coining this, I was claiming this is mindfulness May, but apparently May is also mental health awareness month. And so, you know, it's just, it's just important for, I think black women scholars, especially because what can often happen and women in academia in general as well, right? I, um, I was reminded of this fact at a conference for pre-tenure women at Purdue University a couple of years ago that that women often assume that they have to be strong and they assume that, you know, and, and sometimes patriarchy some dicta- dictates that we, we buy into this model that, you know, we don't, uh, you know, that the men don't take breaks when in fact they do. When they need a break, they take a break. And so, um, some of the organizers, you know, there was a session like when you need to take a break, submit your FMLA take FMLA paperwork and take a freaking break. Um, and black women, I know, are just especially subject to that because there's this mythology of the super strong black woman where whereby sometimes, um, you know, black men, black women, you know, we're all kind of complicit in perpetuating this myth that, you know, of like, you know, the black woman, because we do know that our mothers, our grandmothers, our great grandmothers, they endure it a lot. And still, you know, many of us turned out well, right? But that doesn't mean right. that they didn't need help. That doesn't mean they didn't want help. So, you know, now you have people who are unintentionally perpetuating that myth, like, oh, you're, you know, you're strong, you can handle it, you can do it. Well, that may very well be true. But one, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> Two, if there are mental health professionals or ways, you know, on our own that we can meditate or pray or do whatever, then that can help alleviate the stress because that those things take a toll on our psyche, on our bodies, on our, you know, in very like visceral ways, right? They affect our health. So, you know, I'm all about rejecting that. When somebody tells me like, oh, you're strong, I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't try to compliment me with that. I'm, I'm not trying to be that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know, I totally feel that. So full disclosure, um, this is a, a repeat conversation between Constance and I, but when she was discussing this yesterday, it brought to mind a passage from this book, The Sisters Are All Right by Tamara Winfrey Harris. 
And there is a chapter called Strength, Precious Metal, where the author kind of does some interviews with some Black women and goes into the strong Black woman concept. And one of the things I thought was really interesting um, was this part of this interview that says, within the last three or four years, I have had walking pneumonia three times. I've had kidney stones. I'm convinced I have had depression, even though I haven't been diagnosed. I thoroughly attribute all that to strong Black womanhood. And it's basically, if you read leading up to that, she's just talking about almost as if because of this and this compliment that was almost a compliment, like you said, you don't want that even put on you, that we have to be strong. I mean, as women in general, of course, you know, um, it's this strong mythos, but it's definitely goes into Black womanhood, this strong Black woman. She carries everything. Look how much she can juggle. Look how much she can handle. But research is showing with women in general, but especially Black women, how much being strong is hurting us on the mental and the physical levels, which is why it's so pivotal to have these conversations about taking a break and what we're doing for Mindfulness May, as you said, or Mental Health Month, which is actually the month of May. Um, so it's pivotal to have these conversations and break down, you know, these concepts of what does it mean to be a strong woman? What does it mean to be a strong Black woman? And how we are defining that for ourselves. Which leads me to ask you, after we said all of this, what do you do to take a break? So that's a great question. And again, full disclosure, because I don't know how technology works. Uh, we actually had this conversation yesterday or, or some semblance, semblance of this conversation yesterday. <laughs> but um, it, one of my friends, I was really excited about doing the podcast. And when I mentioned to her that I was going to be on, she was like, are you the right person for this? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she's like, you don't know how to take a break. And I was like, what? <laughs> but um, so, you know, the, the way I think about taking a break or what I like to do to take a break is working out. Um, for a while, I was a group fitness instructor. Um, I, you know, I always like to joke to say I'm the fluffiest group fitness instructor ever in life, but, that's, <laughs> but I also don't eat right I, or don't eat as healthy as I should. But anyway, um, I said all that to say, um, I really enjoy the mental, uh, the mental challenge as much as the physical challenge, like, you know, to, how can I sort of, you know, push my body or, you know, change my body. And I just enjoy, um, you know, exercise gives you all these like wonderful positive endorphins and whatever the, you know, you know, there's some, some stats and some numbers. I'm not a science person, but uh, it, it improves your mood, right? For sure. Right. It improves your yeah. quality of your sleep. And so that's, that's one of my main things that I do to kind of quote unquote, take a break. The other thing that, again, I'm trying to uh, become more in tune with my mind and body. So um, again, mind, you know, mindfulness may trying to engage in some more meditation. Um, there's a great app called Liberate Meditate, which is an app for people of color and has some specific sort of guided meditations um, that I've been using that, that I really uh, enjoy. Because I think the thing that we kind of talked about earlier is that it's hard, not just for academics, but working parents in general to get out of your to-do list. And so the guided meditations take you out of that space and really focus you know, you fo you know make you focus in on whatever that particular um, meditation is, be it 
the ancestors. They have um, meditations about the body. They have mm-hmm. you know, meditations about um, being thankful during COVID-19. So I have really, really, really appreciated um, that app in addition to my workouts. And I was very fortunate to be able to have the privilege to convert my garage <laughs> so that I can can have a dedicated uh, work slash exercise space to take a break. But, you know, one of the things that I've heard you say on this podcast before and even other guests is that, you know, um, we have to just remember that self-care is not always spa days and there's, right. not, there's nothing wrong with spa days. They're, they're great, <laughs> even though the spas are closed or whatever. But um, yes. <laughs> you know, if you can have them and if you can afford them. But I mean, sometimes it's just um, again, it might be that five or 10 minutes in the morning where you take time for yourself to reflect on your day and your life. If meditation isn't your thing, if you're a woman of faith, you can pray a person of faith. Um, then you might pray. Um, it might be a warm bath. Um, it might be, uh, for me, it's going to be soaking in Epsom salt. <laughs> because, you know, I probably pushed myself a little too hard with the workouts this week. I'm trying to get rid of some of the quarantine calories, but um, anyway, you know, it's, 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 it's whatever you can do to carve out time and you have to be intentional and deliberate in carving out time and space for yourself. Because if you don't, no one else will, and your children don't always see the need for that. Like their priorities are whatever the priorities are for, you know, the ages of your children. So in my case, 14, 11, and four. So four-year-old priorities are not the same <laughs> as 40-year-old priorities. So you really have to be deliberate um, and and create a calendar. If you're not a person who, um, you know, either a physical one or a, uh, you know, a digital one, we have so many of us have smartphones now, put that space put that time if you can on that calendar so that people can't take it from you, right? If it's early morning, if it's 5.30 or 6 a.m., then put that as your, you just mark it as me time or meditate, like however you want to denote it on that calendar so that, so that you don't get sucked into doing other things. It's like a pay yourself first type of thing. The, the, not the financial version, right? The, like the spiritual, I guess, version. (laughs) Right. No, and I like that. You've already given me like a breakaway. Um, and I think a good ending takeaway for our interview, which is you have to be intentional in carving out time for yourself. There's another podcast episode. We talk about um, taking a break to set intention. It's empowerful. You have to, but you have to put that, you have to set that intention for yourself. Cause like you said, no one else is going to do that for you. Your kids is this quarantine has probably showed us our, our kids have their own stuff going on. And, you know, usually with kids, they're at this age where it's them first, us last, because, you know, their their issues when you're a kid, especially a teenager, your issues are the most important issues in the world. You're the center. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, for sure. So they're definitely not going to carve out time. <laughs> Be like, oh, yes, mother, you should really go take a spa day tour. <laughs> right. So right. you need to carve out time for yourself. I like that. I think that's a good thing to end on. Yeah. So thank you for that. Constance, where can the folks find you out here in the social media or inter- internet world? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and actually the reason I found uh, found out about this podcast, right, was was through uh, you know, my new uh, involvement or or you know, uh, <laughs> 
resurgence with social media because I've had um, Instagram. I've been on the gram for a while, but I only started like regularly using it a few weeks ago. So anyway, um, yeah. I'm on Instagram at literary lady. It's kind of a unique spelling. So L-Y-T-E-R-A-R-Y-L-A-D-I. Don't ask me why I spell that way. It just is. <laughs> uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at C Renee Bailey. So just C-R-E-N-E-E-B-A-I-L-E-Y. Um, I'd love, you know, for you to hit me up. You know, let's let's talk books sometime. Let's talk, you know, black women and you know, mythology of the strong black woman or, or let's just talk self-care or whatever. You know, let's talk. What's the, you know, best thing to watch on on Netflix? I still haven't seen Tiger King, so I'm behind. Oh, girl. <laughs> that is a train wreck, I tell you. <laughs> I've heard. Gosh, Constance, thank you so much for coming on. And everybody stick around. We'll be right back for the three breakaways. And we are back with our three breakaways. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I found it very enlightening. I thought it was a very good conversation. And these breakaways are just three things that I felt jumped out to me. And hopefully they resonated with you. And I will just start off with number one, breakaway number one, self-care requires a dramatic reprioritizing. Constance talks a lot about professors, of course, because that's what we're taking a break as, but also she has this lens of being a mother. And one thing I thought that was so pivotal in this breakaway when she was talking about the self-person, self self first and self care is that often those of us who are trained to put others first like educators and mothers struggle with putting themselves first therefore the concept of self care could prove to be a challenge and so if you've been a listener of this podcast for a while you know I'm always talking about having a few minutes scheduling some time in your calendar to put yourself first. And if you've listened to some of my earlier episodes, you know that I declared my word for January is selfish. And I did that for a reason. I did that because I did want to start putting myself first, especially in the area of self-care. And I am doing it by saying no more to everybody else, but by saying yes to me. And I think that's at the backbone of self-care, which is saying yes to yourself more. And it doesn't have to be glamorous. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could be saying yes to giving yourself 30 minutes to read a book or to toss through Instagram or something like that. But it is hard when you are an educator like Constance and even a mother to put yourself first because we've been so conditioned that everyone else goes first. We look after everyone else's need and we put ourselves last and that has to stop. So you have to get to this point where you can dramatically reprioritize your life and condition yourself where you come first. So that is breakaway number one. Breakaway number two. You want an identity outside of your work. You want an identity outside of your children. Oh my goodness. That just hit on so many different levels for me, especially just being out in the community and talking to friends, talking to colleagues, just talking to especially women, but I hear this some from men in, in general, we get to a certain age where it's almost like we don't know who we are anymore. 
especially for my parents, this is graduation season. Your kids are getting ready to graduate high school, graduate college. And you're at this point now where (laughs) you don't even know what your identity is because you found out that your identity was so enmeshed in your kids. Or you find a lot of times your identity has been so wrapped up in your job that by the time you retire, you don't know what to do with yourself because it's like you haven't had any hobbies, any interest, any interest, any volunteer stuff that you did. Um, just like with your kids, you were so wrapped up in getting little Johnny to band and dance camp and drama and all that kind of stuff. You lost touch with what you liked. What type of books do you like? What type of movies do you like? What do you like to do? What do you do for fun now? This is a wonderful time. I know that it is a stressful time, of course, because we're in this pandemic. But it's also a wonderful time to set a timer on your phone and just start to write down things that you like. What type of movies do you like? What type of music do you like? What do you like to do for fun? Is there a way that you can do these things in your spare time? Can you do these things when your kids go to sleep? What can you do? What do you like to do? Let's figure out what your identity is outside of your kids. When you leave your job, what do you do after your job? You clock out at five. Are you going home and working at five? Or is there something that you like to do? Do you like to paint? Have you taken a paint class? Have you taken a painting class? Excuse me. Have you taken a dance class? What is your identity outside of work? Because these things don't last forever. And studies show that people that have outside interest and and identity outside of work and outside of children live longer, have better lives. Their quality of life is much better. So I ask everyone, take some time to figure out what is your identity outside of work, outside of your kids. And finally, breakaway number three, be intentional about carving out space and time for yourself. This is self-explanatory. And this is also something, and I think I've said this on some earlier podcasts where we will be hearing breakaways from other people that really touch on some of the other episodes and other breakaways that we've said on this show. But I think that repetition is the uh, mother of learning and we need lessons like this to be driven home because some of us are still getting it wrong. You have to be intentional about carving out space and time for yourself. No one else is going to do this for you. Your kids are not going to think about how mom needs to take a break to take a long bubble bath, how mom needs to go out and have tea with her friends or talk on the phone. Your husband is not going to do that if you're married. You know, he might do it from time to time, but they're not going to make that their priority. I think if you've watched the Michelle Obama Netflix Becoming Special, she has a story that it, it really resonated with me, how she went to therapy thinking that the therapist was going to hone in on Barack and his flaws and tell her she was right. And, you know, cause she was mad because he was getting time to work out in the gym. He was doing everything she likes. And, you know, she basically almost had martyred, martyred herself, you know, and wasn't putting herself out there. Wasn't being intentional about carving out space for herself. And, you know, she thought that the therapist was going to go in on Barack on that. And the therapist was like, mm-hmm. Found out she had the issues. You have to be intentional. It is no one else's responsibility to carve out time and space for you. You do that. You put the time in your phone. You decide. 
no one else can be the the person to make you happy. You have to make yourself happy. You have to bring yourself joy. And you have to do that by being intentional about what takes up space and time in your life. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I would love to hear from you. Email me at thekestergroup at gmail.com. Look me up at P.M. Kester, K-E-S-T-E-R on Instagram. If you hit the link in my bio, that gives you all these wonderful ways to contact me. Also, if you are listening on any of the podcast platforms, I'm on everything, but I, I pay special attention to SoundCloud and Google and Apple Podcasts. I need you to rate, subscribe, and review these things are so important for podcasts and especially a podcast, a small podcast like mine that's just getting its foot in the door. I appreciate you. I hope that you are safe and well. Remember to wash your hands still and wear your masks. Until next time, I want you to take a little time to take a break. Bye.